It's me, Ellie Krug on AM 950 KTNF, sitting in for Brett Johnson, who is, this is his usual gig and usual time. Brett's taken some time off after a very busy week, and you have me for the next hour. And I would love to talk with you. I'd love to hear from you about what you're thinking right at this moment. Um, I don't get to talk to uh, listeners very often. The number is 952-946-6205. So... Uh, what I'm going to do this hour, I'm going to give you a number of different things. I'm going to give you an update on where I see that things stand presently. I mean, I'm like listening and watching CNN right before I got on the air. I'm going to talk with you, um, in addition to that, about some ironies uh, coming from this election. Talk with you about the president trying to burn down democracy. Um, and uh, what's next for Trump? And then what do we do to heal our country? Because right now, uh, the election has revealed that we are very, very um, divided. So, all right, so here we go. Um, an update on where things stand. Um, first of all, the uh, popular vote. Uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris has uh, taken on, they have earned 73.9 million votes for the popular vote. Uh, compared to uh, President Trump and uh, Pence, um, earning 69 million point eight votes, uh, 69.8 million votes. Thank you, Ellie. So there's a 4.1 million dollar million dollar. Yeah, sure, it's a dollar difference. A 4.1 million difference in votes. Um, and uh, of course, th that's a larger difference than between, you know, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump back in 2016. Uh, but that does show us that nearly 70 million people voted again for Trump and Pence, and I'll come back to that later on. Okay, so that's where the that is where the uh, popular vote stands. Where the uh, votes for the most critical four states stand right now is uh, first of all Nevada, which has six electoral votes. Uh, Joe Biden is up by 20,137. That's with 20,137 vote lead in Nevada. That's with 92% in. Nevada is now saying that they may not have all of their votes counted until Sunday. Uh, we'll get another update at 5 o'clock CST. Um, but, uh, you know, the votes that are not uh, counted are, uh, many are from Clark County, where uh, Las Vegas is located. Uh, it's going to be Biden uh, having, even though he's he's shrunk uh, shrunk a little in Nevada, um, it's still that Biden um, I think is going to have a lead that uh, Trump is not going to be able to catch up to in Nevada, in Georgia, uh, which has already declared that it will do a recount. Uh, Joe Biden and Kamala. Uh, Harris are up by 1,560 votes over Trump and Pence. So, of course, that's not a very big edge. Uh, Georgia is automatically going to recount that, and I, uh, I welcome that because we want to make sure uh, that that is the edge, okay? Uh, Georgia is 16 electoral votes. All eyes right now are on Pennsylvania. 20 electoral votes with 95% in. 
next batch of votes that we're going to get is, it sounds like, um, maybe at 9 o'clock CST. Uh, there are still a lot of votes in Philadelphia that have, been, have not been counted. That's 40,000 votes. Um, Allentown, uh, also another Democratic bastion in Pennsylvania, has um, also, though many of those ballots have not been counted, ballots have not been counted because originally when those ballots went out, they were misprinted. And so they had to recall those and send out new ballots. So, uh, but where is Biden in Pennsylvania right now? At least as far as I could tell as of 10 minutes ago, Biden is leading in Pennsylvania by 13,410 votes. Uh, We already have... Um, uh, quote, unquote, uh, the decision desk that, is, that has uh, called the election for, for Biden. Um, but uh, many of the major networks are still staying away from that. I uh, suspect, I'll tell you, I would love for history to fall on Ellie Krug's side. And I would love for somebody to decide to call Pennsylvania <laughs> while I am doing this show, because I would love to be part of history right at this very moment. But um, we may not know until later on tonight. Um, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have, have indicated that they're going to address the nation, or at least maybe Joe, Bias, uh, Joe Biden is, uh, later on this evening. I think that's going to be 5 o'clock CST. So be aware, I don't know what he's going to say, but perhaps Pennsylvania will be called by then. And that leaves us then with uh, Arizona. 11 electoral votes. Uh, There's still uh, something like 140,000 votes, uh, ballots to be counted in Maricopa County, which is uh, Democrat-leaning in um, Arizona, and then another 70K in greater Arizona. Now, um, Biden has been losing... Uh, some of his edge in Arizona. He's down by about 23, 2400 since this morning. Right now, his edge is 41,302. So he's, he's more than 40,000 votes ahead in Arizona. Um, and um, from what I can tell from listening certainly to Steve Karnacki on MSNBC, uh, the uh, percentage uh, by which... Uh, Trump is eating into Biden's lead is not going to be enough to um, have Biden uh, seed Arizona. So bottom line, it's looking darn good. Looking darn good for blue. And so, um, so, all right, what else do we know? What else can I tell you? Within a half hour ago, the Republicans have filed um, an application, a petition with the United States Supreme Court asking... um, that it uh, examined the, uh, Pennsylvania's extension of accepting uh, ballots until Friday, as long as they were postmarked by Tuesday. Um, Pennsylvania has already, the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania has already ruled on this twice, but the Republicans have now gone to the United States Supreme Court uh, to ask the Supreme Court to cause Pennsylvania to se- se- segregate any of those ballots that came in after Tuesday. Um, as part of this extension, even though they were postmarked by Tuesday. Um, Pennsylvania, though, from what I understand, has already been segregating those ballots. So when I told you that Biden is up uh, by uh, 13,410 votes in Pennsylvania, I don't believe that includes any of the extension, any of those ballots that are have been segregated. Okay, um, 
Earlier today, uh, the White House issued a statement saying that uh, President Trump was going to fight to protect the system, that he wants to give every American uh, and the American public confidence in their government, which, of course, uh, sounds like somebody wrote that for him. And um, that's nothing compared to what he uh, said last night, and we'll get to that in a second. Right now, um, I, if I haven't said it, I want to make sure you know that uh, Biden and uh, Harris are have 253 electoral votes compared to 214. Fox and AP, as I said, have called Arizona already, but the other networks have, have hesitated to do that, even though Biden is still is up by more than 40,000 votes in Arizona. Uh, also, the Senate runoff uh, just in uh, Georgia, we're going to have John Ossoff and uh, Ralph Warnock, Reverend Ralph Warnock, um, vying to for Democratic uh, senatorial seats in Georgia. Uh, Scott Kelly, uh, just right before in the half hour before I came on the air, Scott Kelly was certified to have won the senatorial seat over um, Sa- uh, McNally, Sarah McNally in uh Arizona. So right now, technically, the Democrats have 48 seats compared to 47 for the Republicans in the Senate. All right. Um, And in the House right now, at last count, the Democrats have 226 House seats compared to 209 uh, Republican seats. Obviously, the Democrats lost a couple of number of seats um, in this election. All right. I would love to hear from you. Love to hear what you have to say. What is your take? What What are you worried about? Uh, are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? You know, are you like, hey, I'm already celebrating. I'm on my third glass of wine uh, already at uh, 2.15 in the afternoon. Or are you like, I'm holding off, Ellie. That bottle's chilling in the refrigerator. I'm just not, I'm, I'm just going to wait till X or Y happens. So give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 952 952- Nine four six six two zero five. All right. Um, so uh, let me start in on some of the ironies, okay? Because there are absolutely major, major ironies here. Uh, the first irony, of course, is that Arizona, uh, historically a red state, um, is uh, poised to go blue. And the irony, of course, is that um, President Trump repeatedly attacked John McCain, the storied um, senator from Arizona. First attacked him uh, because he had been um, a prisoner of war. And you may famously recall the, the uh, president's words that, um, you know, he doesn't like uh, people who are captured and um, certainly uh, within that is uh, the realm of him believing that John McCain was a loser because he had been captured. And we all know that John McCain served honorably. He was in uh, a Vietnamese prison, I believe, for five, at least five years, given the opportunity to leave early out of turn for the other U.S. airmen that were in um, uh, Vietnamese prisons. But John McCain turned that down because that was not right. It wasn't his turn. He had the opportunity to leave, but he didn't do that. If you can't, if you don't tell me that's heroism, I don't know what is. And of course, Cindy McCain came out 
um, and endorsed Joe Biden. All right. Well, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to talk more about the ironies that we have this, with this election and give you some other thoughts that I have. I would love to hear from you listeners. I don't ever get to talk to you. 952-946-6205. When we come back, we'll talk more about the election and where things are. Bye. We're back on AM 950. Ellie Krug here, sitting in for Brett Johnson. For those of you who don't know me, I have a radio show regularly every Monday. Ellie 2.0 Radio from 2 to 3 here on lovely AM 950. My show is about idealism and idealists, about people trying to change the world. And um, it, uh, hopefully every month, every week, excuse me, features an interview with somebody who is an idealist trying to change the world. We have interesting concepts. So check that box if you ever want to check me out. Okay, I have been kind of giving you an update on what's going on with the election, talking to you about things that are happening literally as we speak. So in the time since I started this show, um, uh, there's a report on CNN that GOP leaders are nervously watching President Trump's erratic handling of an election that's slipping away from him. Uh, GOP leaders don't know what to do. They don't know whether to confront him and, and tell him, look, uh, you know, the ship is going down, the ship is lost. They don't know whether to jump off the ship like, uh, you know, drowning rats. Uh, they don't know whether to stick with him because they're afraid of what he will do in the two months that he will have between now and uh, the inauguration. They don't know what to do. And so um, because they don't know what to do, many of them are going to do nothing. Um, and, uh, of course, I don't know why that would be surprising, but... Nonetheless, it's still disheartening for me. Okay, before we took our break, oh, by the way, will you call me? I'd love to hear from you at 952-946-6205. I'd love to get your take on where you things things are right now and how you're handling stuff. Have you already started to celebrate? You know, are you instead just kind of waiting and, uh, you know, still on the edge of your seat? All right, I was talking about ironies, though, before we took our break. And, and talking about how, you know, I think it is greatly ironic that right now, Arizona, traditionally a red state, that Arizona is on the cusp of going blue for Joe Biden. And it's a state where Donald Trump went in and he literally, he went in and he disparaged John McCain, a favorite son, disparaged him during last uh, uh, campaign, during the current campaign. And so, uh, you know, uh, I just think it is so darn ironic. And then, of course, we have the other irony here, which is that Mark Kelly um, has, uh, you know, uh, the husband of, um, and I'm now forgetting her name, of course, and I, I should not have started down that road, but he has defeated, you know, McSally, and so Mark Kelly will be the new senatorial uh, senator from Arizona. Again, I think that there is so much irony in with that. I've got uh, Gary on the line from Minneapolis. Gary, are you there? Well, I just got a few thoughts, you know. Um, I think things are going to get better for our cause. Like, yeah, um, as my generation passes on and the young ones, they're more diverse and they're the biggest victims of this 
chipping away to the deal so much all these years. And, you know, um, we, uh, Johnson, LBJ, when he signed the Civil Rights Bill, he said something like this. Hubert, this one belongs to you. And uh, we just did the right thing. And I'm afraid we elected Republicans for many years to come. And so we can see what happened. Even uh, Democrats have been more conservative on economic issues and stuff. But uh, it's gonna maybe it'll pay off in the end. One thing that's really troubling, though, one of the commentators said that, can the rest of our allies in the world, they've been looking at this, can they ever trust us again when Trump got this many votes again? Yeah, all right. Gary, thanks for your comments. I agree with you. I think that, um, first of all, um, our young people have been screwed. Okay. Um, we, you know, particularly in the last four years, you know, with the, the, with the way the tax cuts have favored the rich, um, you know, of, of course we've got the, the withholding, uh, you know, Trump has, um, has, uh, allowed, uh, the social, uh, security, Medicare withholding to lapse, I mean, that's going to affect Social Security, not not only for our young people, but for people who are currently getting it or about to get it, which puts me in that camp. But on your comment about how our allies think about us, you are absolutely right. You know, trust is a hard-earned thing, and it is easily lost. And we have shown over the last less than four years that America cannot be relied on. And um, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, they will do their best to restore that trust. I have no doubt about that. But it is, I have, you know, um, Germany and France are already talking about creating an, inter, you know, a bilateral alliance that's going to bypass uh, NATO because they're afraid that NATO can't be trusted. Um, who knows what Trump will do in the next, you know, 60 days, be, you know, in terms of, Will he try and get, take us out of NATO? Um, and so, yeah, that's why so much hinged on this election. We've got uh, Mike from Coon Rapids. Mike, you've got something you wanted to say about lessons learned. Yeah, and first off, I wanted to say um, the difference between now and, uh, you know, in the 70s uh, is that in the 70s with Nixon, there was a Goldwater uh, who could go to Nixon and say, hey, you know, you're going to get uh, beat, you know, get out. Don't fight it. Right. You're talking and about there, in there, uh, in uh, July and August of 74, uh, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because Goldwater basically went to the president and said, you know, it's it's time, you know, that we're if you're going to get impeached, it's time to end it. There's no one in the Republican Party of that gravitas uh, today. Well, and, th- and it's also because Trump is much more of a bully much more yeah. of a bully than Richard Nixon ever was. Nixon was evil, all right, but he wasn't a public bully. And uh, Trump is, I, I would put him in both the evil and bully category uh, to boot. Any other yeah. lessons that you're drawing? Well, the, the main lesson I'm thinking is we spent too much, and I include myself, I think uh, I contributed to, to that. Um, we went for the big fish. We went for uh, McConnell's. And the and uh, North Carolina uh, and such, and a lot of the people who lost today, you know, uh, uh, last Tuesday, were the first termers. Uh, I'm thinking like Amy Fishback. Uh, yep. The Republicans, 
you know, they knew who were vulnerable, the first-term people. Um, you know, uh, the senator from Iowa was vulnerable, and they put the money behind him. Um, and I think in the future, we've got to watch the little fish, not go for the big fish. I think that's a good point. Um, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that um, that things will go well enough for Biden and, and Harris that come the 2022 midterms, we won't see this uh, shellacking uh, that Obama got uh, um, in his first term. So we will see. I am, you know, I think that first thing we got to do, Mike, is we got to get um, we got to get. Uh, Biden and Harris, yeah, we've got to get them sworn in. You know, <laughs> we got to get them to have, you know, the country to say that they have won. So, but I appreciate you calling. All right. Thanks so very much. All right, listeners, we're going to have to take a break here. Um, if you like me, and I have no idea whether you do or not, please uh, check me out. My website is Ellie Krug, uh, www.elliekrug.com, K R U G, the last name. Um, you can also uh, check out the web, uh, the news uh, past shows on AM 950, LE 2.0 Radio. And so um, when we come back from our break, uh, I will talk more about uh, where election stands. We've got people calling in. Please continue to do that, 952-946-6205. Thanks. We'll be back in a sec. All right, we're back on AM 950. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug, sitting in for Brett Johnson, um, who is out taking a well-deserved vacation day. Uh, we've been talking about the election results. I've been getting uh, kind of the pulse of our listeners about where they sit and where they stand. And I've got a number of listeners who've called in. Uh, please continue to do that at 952-946-6205. Dennis from Fridley, you want to you talk to me about Republicans? Yes, Yes, uh, you were talking about Republicans not knowing what to do. Were they going to go down with the ship or uh, jump ship or what? Right. Uh, I have some advice for the Republicans, and that is stand up and do the right thing. And the right thing is to look your constituents in the eye and be honest and tell them the truth. And what would that truth be? Oh, tell them the truth about Trump. Okay. Well, that's a long conversation, but I, you know, I agree with you. Uh, I think that this is... The last chance, the last chance for Republicans to separate themselves uh, from the president um, and get any semblance of respect from uh, greater America. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, uh, Dennis, I really appreciate you calling and thanks for your, your insight. I appreciate it. I've got David from Minneapolis. David, you want to talk to me about what the results were? Yeah, thanks, Ellie. I just wanted to mention some things to reinforce some of the things you were saying about the ironies of this election. Uh, being a political geek, if you look at Arizona, it used to be one of the most conservative states in the nation, yep. Goldwater Republicans, before Barry Goldwater changed his ways as he got older. I don't know if you remember or heard of Evan Meekham, who was oh, governor yeah. there. Sure and who ended up being impeached by the Republicans in that state because he was even too extreme for them with his racism and 
anti-gay yep. rhetoric. Yep. We've seen, I'm just saying, we've seen a lot of changes even with this election. Uh, in Delaware, the first transgendered state senator, I believe, in the nation was elected. Yep. In, yep. Uh, Sarah McBride. San Diego, yep. we, yes, exactly. Uh, San Diego, we have a gay mayor and one of the largest cities uh, in the nation. So this is a very historic election, and no one thought in 2016, after Trump was election, elected, that the House would even be a possibility in 2018. Things change quickly. The House was kept. A few seats were lost. We move on, and we go to the next election and hopefully do better with that end. But I'd rather have the presidency than the House and the Senate and have Trump still in office. Well, David, let me ask you this, Mr. Uh, political uh, Geek, okay? Um what do, you, what do you make of the fact that nearly 70 million people voted for Donald Trump and Mike Pence despite lie after lie after lie, incompetence, arrogance? Um, we heard from an earlier caller about how we've lost, you know, the respect of our and trust of our allies. What do you make about 70 million people still saying we want more of that? It is one of those things that I wish I had the answer to why people, after all the things he has said and done over the last four years as president and five or six years now as a candidate, he still... <laughs> touches something in people where they say he is doing things that I didn't think he would do. I think he is a stand-up guy. People want to ignore his faults, and they just look at him because he says what he thinks, and he says what they think sometimes. He doesn't let himself get filtered. And I think too many, too many times in politics, people are, when they go into debates, you know they have pre-rehearsed lines you know that something is being said to get a sound bite. People, I think, have been tired of that, and unfortunately he has taken advantage of that because he says what he thinks and he tweets what he thinks. Well, in my, you know, I agree with everything you've said, but my take is that he is a master, a master at manipulating our fears. And humans respond greatly to fear. So he has created a country where so many people are afraid. They're afraid of other. They're afraid of, you know, are our suburbs going to be invaded? You know, they're afraid of, you know, is that, you know, is that transgender person in our church going to turn my child into being transgender? It is just this, you know, onslaught of fear that he has spewed. And I think that that has caused many people to sign up. I would agree with that completely. I would just add one thing, too. He is not not, uh, not new to the use of the media and, and being oh, sure. on TV. He is a master of that from being on his own TV shows and from the 80s on and being a, a, a New York celebrity in that area. I mean, he's been in the national news on and off since the 80s. Yep, yep. All right. Well, I'll tell you, um, uh, uh, um, David, I really appreciate you calling in and I appreciate perspective. Thanks for listening and thanks for calling. 
All right, listeners, you're listening to me, Ellie Krug. We're on AM 950. Uh, I'd love to have you call in. We're having some really great dialogue, 952-946-6205. We're talking about the results of the election. Debbie in Eden Prairie, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Hey, um, thanks for hanging on, Debbie. What, yeah. uh, what are, what's your take about what's going on? Well, I just wanted to point out that um, I guess the highest amount of eligible voters that have voted in a presidential election is 58% which is not very many. <laughs> I mean, compared to other countries, it isn't. Right. Is that, so, I mean, I don't, I have not seen the number for this yeah, election. Yeah, I don't know about this election, yeah. but that's, you know, I think it was one of Obama's elections. So, um, anyways, that's one thing. So that means that there's the less, you know, when you talk about 70 million, it's a lot of people, but it's still not as high when you think that way. I don't know. Well, when you consider that we have um, in the U.S. about 400 million people, give mm-hmm. or take, okay, um, you know, and 70 million are the adults, and that 400 million, give or take, includes mm-hmm. you know children, people who are not of voting age. Uh, it's still, it's still a lot of people. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it, I know. You know it, it is, but I, it, I don't know. It helps me. I mean, no, <laughs> no, that, and I want you to be helped for sure. You know, yeah. and um, I mean, I. Um, I'm I'm more an optimist than I'm a pessimist. I see that 70 million. I say, well, we got a lot of work to do, okay? We have a lot of work to do, and we have to start doing things differently. We have to be thinking differently than what we've done in the past. Uh, We have tried to fix problems, you know, by studying them to death, issuing reports, throwing money at whatever the report says we should do. It doesn't work. And then we study it again, do another report. You know, I think that we just have to use our imagination far differently than what we've been doing. I did have one more thing about uh, the actual uh, campaigning. Uh, you know, that donating money is great, but organizers on the ground are what win oh, elections. for sure. For sure. And, um, you know, Pennsylvania had several groups that uh, were organizing and Arizona had a bunch of Native American groups. Um, yep. Georgia had Stacey Abrams. So. Stacey Abrams, isn't that one of, that's one of the other ironies I wanted to point out. Stacey, Stacey Abrams, who came, you know, very close, very close for her a bid to be uh, the governor of uh, Georgia. But she loses out because of voter suppression. And then what does she do? She organizes, you know, a four-year effort to combat voter suppression and get the vote out. And what? how does that turn out? Right now, we've got Georgia historically a red state, leaning blue. We'll see what the recount does. But right. we got also two, we may have two senators out of Georgia, depending on what happens in the runoff, in the two runoffs in January. There'll be a lot of money poured into that, uh, uh, that election. But yes, Stacey Abrams, my goodness, and look for her to be a prominent face um, in uh, the next um, admi- in the Biden administration, she's going to show up somehow and in some way. Okay, well, thanks so very much for calling. I appreciate it, Debbie. Um, listeners, give us a call at nine five two nine four six six two zero five. My window to hear from you is slowly closing because I will be getting off the air right uh, right around three, and then Matt McNeil will be, and the great Matt McNeil, who you know. Way better than Ellie Krug, no doubt about it. But, of course, I like a fresh face, you know, and, uh, you know. So let's talk. Uh, I what One thing I want to make sure that we get down um, before uh, we leave is what, you know, what's next for 
private citizen Trump. You know, will it be handcuffs? <laughs> My greatest fear is that um, private citizen Trump, to the extent there were any, you know, any um, uh, bumpers along the road to keep him in, in, in his lane as president, as private citizen Trump, he's going to have free reign. Okay, I've got Mark uh, from Fridley who wants to talk to me about the Biden cabinet. Oh, my God. Mark, I've got to tell you, the phrase Biden cabinet, it just is music to my ears. What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, I'd like to see some progressives on it. Okay. And if if we end up, and again, we have to be cognitive rationalists about our expectations. Some of Trump's biggest enemies four years ago were Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz. Um, they, they called him a kook. They called him crazy. Right, of course, they called yep. him a rapist and a misogynist. As soon as Trump got elected, who was the first to attach their lips to his I, backside? I know, yep. Okay, I know. so here, here's what I... We have to hold our guy, the guy, accountable to his promises. And a fact here is that if you look at any poll or statistic, between 62 and 72 percent of all Americans want government-run health care. Eighty-seven percent of Democrats support Medicare for all. And there are things that are wrong when a, when a Republican is in power or a Democrat is in power. And again, we're not in power here. I mean, Mitch McConnell already said they're going to do I know. what they did to Barack Obama. I know. I know. And That's a big problem. Right. I agree what? with you. That is the big problem. I agree. McConnell is going to be the, the um, he's going to be the huge roadblock. That's for sure. Right. And again, one of the things that we need to look at is what, you know, if anybody wants to have a victory celebration, you know, I'd say put that on hold because the fight has just begun. And the fight is to fight back for our country and for our democracy and for our liberty and for my for our freedoms. I'm afraid because Mark, Joe Biden... Mark, let me hold you. I'm going to put you on hold. We'll come back to you, okay? I've got to take a break right now. Is that all right? Can you hang you on? Bet. Okay, oh, all right. On. Okay, listeners, we've got to take a break. Uh, my last break, we've been talking about uh, the election. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug, on AM 950 KTNF. Give us uh, a call if you want, um, and we'll be back in a second. Thanks. AM 950, you're listening to me, Ellie Krug, sitting in for Brett Johnson. Um, and uh, we have been talking about uh, the current status of the election. And Mark from Fridley was kind enough to hang on the line. Mark, are you still there? You got it. Okay. Um, so hold on a second. I wanted to ask you a question because you started out by telling me Biden needs to put um, progressives into his cabinet. Okay. And give me a name. Who, who would you have in his cabinet and what would they do? 
What uh, about you, Elizabeth Warren as Secretary of the Treasury? Okay, I saw about, that. I saw that story earlier today. All right, how, who else? How Go about ahead. Katie Porter as Attorney General? Ah, okay. Uh, Katie Porter out of California. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, you know, uh, at, Bernie Sanders has to have some sort of role. You know, but again, I'm not asking for every cabinet position to be a progressive. What I'm saying is that if we get Eric Holders, if we get Larry Summers, if, if we get Tim Geithners, if we get Samantha Powers, if we get all of that old Clinton yep. establishment, Obama establishment, remember, Barack Obama made us all kinds of promises. And again, we just have to be realists. And he took us from four wars to six invaded Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, Yemen, Pakistan, Somalia, CIA operations in Honduras, Venezuela, and, and, and in the Ukraine. Those things have to stop. And the things that the American people and progressive, and I'm, I'm going back to Paul Wellstone, because Paul Wellstone, <laughs> you know, was ringing the bell and sending up the red flag a long time ago about what was happening to the Democratic right, Party. Right, representing the Democratic uh, I, wing of the Democratic Party. Right, right, yes. Right, and, <laughs> and I, I don't need to hear about how great a friend um, uh, Joe Biden is with John McCain, that he eulogized John McCain at his funeral. Um, and I don't want to get into too much about what I know about John McCain's backstory, because we, we should discuss that um, amongst each other, or or Robert Byrd, or how we relied on neocon Republicans with the Lincoln Project and, and this, well, this partnership. I know, but but listen, I mean, if we didn't have the Lincoln Project, I don't know if we'd be here, okay? And so I, I'm hearing you, and I'm hearing what you say, and I don't disagree with you, but I think, you know, it's great that we've got Kamala, okay? Because Kamala is going to bring a whole different perspective uh, to what Biden is going to do. So, all right. Well, listen, Mark, I have enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for hanging on. Um, and I really appreciate it. Okay. Have a great day. All right. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. All right, listeners. Well, I've got about five minutes to go. I see we got somebody still maybe calling in. That's just wonderful. Um, I just, before we go though, I want to make sure that we have this kind of discussion. What's next for Trump as private citizen, private citizen, because, um, you know, he is not the, the guardrails are gone. If he, you know, once he's out the door, and not only that, he's got uh, Secret Service protection for him for life, and for his key family members. So that may make him even more bold in what statements he wants to say because he knows nobody's going to be able to come after him. Um, not that I would ever ever advocate, and let me make clear, ever advocate any kind of physical violence in any circumstance under any condition, but. Uh, what I envision uh, for um, citizen Trump is uh, certainly I envision um, him creating Trump TV to compete with Fox News. He is not happy with Fox News at all right now because they called the Arizona election for Biden yesterday. He is not, he is not at all happy with Fox News. So I'm envisioning we're going to see Trump TV. I'm envisioning that he will be even more egregious with his wild conspiracy theories. Um, I envision and I fear that he will foment unrest because there'll be no restraints on him. And, um, you know, and, and I absolutely envision 
him uh, announcing uh, he'll be running for president in 2024. I also envision that he will start holding rallies right away. And there's a part of me that believes eventually America will get tired of him. Because, you know, just like, you know, every TV show, every, you know, every every kind of uh, magical character, um, we tire of them. We do. We wait till something next comes along, which, of course, n- makes me worry that the next one who will come along will know how to really manipulate everything because Trump is pretty incompetent about it. He's so narcissistic and so caught on himself. He didn't fully appreciate and understand how he could use his power. But somebody's waiting in the wings who does understand that and understands the methodology that Trump used in terms of fear, inciting fear, and creating greater division between us by othering groups of humans. Somebody is waiting in the wings who is not incompetent. Someone is waiting in the wings watching. Um, so, um, of course, what I haven't also said about Citizen Trump is I do envision that he will be the subject of a number of criminal investigations. Um, yes, uh, Pence, he may work out some kind of deal about getting pardoned by Pence. He may resign, you know, a day before uh, the inauguration so that Pence can pardon him. Um, he may try to pardon himself. Who knows about whether federal charges will stick, but there are a lot of state charges out there floating around that he won't be able to avoid. So that's what I believe. Okay, you've got a minute and a half. Anybody wants to call, give me a little real quick comment at the end. Um, I would love to hear from you at 952-946-6205. But um, if I can't, here's what I'm going to tell you. I think... Hold on, there's a new update that just came up through CNN. Uh, no, okay, it's just a re- reaffirm- affirmation that Georgia will do a recount. Here's what I believe, everyone. I believe there's a lot of work that we have to do in America right now. We are, we are in a position where the country is so divided. And I will tell you, if you're a listener of Ellie 2.0, you have been hearing a different Ellie on this show here because I do not usually talk politics. I talk about idealism. I talk about positive things. I talk about how humans have good empathetic hearts and how people can change the country, how they can do good for America. So you've you've heard the political Ellie here on this show because today is a political day. But I will tell you, we need, we need, all of us, the Reds, the Blues, the Bernies, we need to stop dividing this country. We need to stop othering people. We need to stop demonizing the other side. I know that that's not going to make some of the listeners right now very happy because we've been demonized, I know, for four years. But I am here to tell you, we have to stop demonizing people. We've got to do that. And then we have a whole lot of other work about communicating with each other, about understanding how each other has different fears and perspective. It is work that I'm engaging in. So go to elliekrug.com, figure out what I'm doing. You can follow me. A big thanks to my producer, Patrick, um, for helping with this show. Everyone, it's really been great that you called in. I really appreciate the opportunity to let you, you letting me come in with the fact that I can't phrase sentences very clearly sometimes. Take care, and Matt McNeil will be up next. Bye-bye. <laughs>